0: You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. We're here.
1: We're here. We're Warners. Sure are. We're
0: Woofers. In case you guys are wondering, you know, I think that we actually are popularizing this word, water.
1: I love that.
0: I really think we are because I'm starting to hear like students use it without us being around. I love that so
1: much. And, and you should use it. It's a great term, great word. It is. It, what, what's today's date? It's September 7th. Yep. So,
0: September 7th. Let's mark our words right here. In case anyone tries to say that we didn't come up with the term water. It's on recording right now that right. we have been saying this bro for a while. Warner, woofer, both good words to use. Great it just words. means someone that is like you're just like you want it. Yeah. You want it. You're it's just like, like there. it's like it's like when like someone's about to get tackled but they just won't go down. They're a waner. Wanner. You know, Warner. they're a woofer, they're a dog. You know what I mean? Football so football
1: tonight. Uh, You're
0: excited. Fo- oh, I'm excited, man, for football tonight. I love football so much. There's only one more, th- one thing I love more than football, and it's not my wife. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I, of course it's my wife. I, I love my wife uh, more than football. But uh, on top of that, obviously, I love God more yep. than football. You yep. gotta, I was going to say God. That was going to be my number one thing But right. uh, before. But, of course, my wife, you know, Impact Youth, my friends. Uh, there's a lot of things I love more than football, but it is my that's favorite good. sport to watch and hobby. Yeah. But there anyway, that was a really long introduction, but that's all right. Hey. I'm sure some of you guys enjoyed that, but um, it is now time. Let's do it. Two. right that, that Oreo. Oreo. Come on Here now. we go. Here we go. What do we got today, so man? So this
1: one is coming from Walmart down the street, and this is a caramel coconut Oreo. Caramel coconut Oreo. I think that uh, we were talking a little <laughs> bit. I think that it might be similar in a lot of ways to the Oreo that we had last week. I think it's going to smell similar.
0: I don't know if it's going to taste similar, All but. Right. Uh, Let's crack it. You guys know the I don't j- know
1: if they enjoy this Do you think? Well, I don't know
0: But you guys know the draw I
1: lift every day No problem Yeah there it is Is it? Oh It actually smells kind of good <laughs>
0: oh, well. I like
1: caramel I'm weirdly
0: optimistic about this Do you like Coconut Sure, I mean, it's fine. I've never been to the store before. I've seen this flavor before, but I've never oh. actually, like, I would never go to the store and buy this flavor
1: after. No, but maybe after right now. We'll find out.
0: Oh, that sniff was not good. Oh, that, that sniff, that was, sniff,
1: was, sniff good. was like a last week's sniff.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Let's see. Okay, let's go for it. No.
1: You don't like it? No, it is kind of similar to last week's in a lot of ways um wow, would you say
0: it's it's clearly not the same as last week's, but wow, oh wow,
1: oh, that aftertaste was not it. Kind of sounds like you like it worse,
0: yeah, I think it's worse, um, I don't. Ma'am, I don't know. I, I I don't know. What 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 are your thoughts? You tell
1: me. I'm gonna go for another another bite. My initial thoughts were like, this is good. That was my initial thought, and then it kind of started to get stronger. And and I don't know, still kind of mapley, but I think that it's. I mean, it's caramel. Last week was toffee. I don't think it's as strong and as like just like a a punch uh, to the face. Um and like I like the little coconut in there. It's very subtle. I definitely like it a little bit better than last week. Last week's. Right.
0: I'm really torn on this right now. Okay. My my first bite was like really bad, my aftertaste. My second bite was okay. There's just this maple undertone to it. There really is. That I cannot get behind yeah. or support. It is not good. I can't
1: use the word good to describe it. Let what, me just what, cut to the chase. Would you say it's fine? <coughs> I would say it's fine.
0: Fine? What does fine mean? Because my wife thinks that fine means like good.
1: Oh, well then maybe it's.
0: Like almost. me and you, when we say fine, it's like
1: acceptable. Right, right. That's what I mean. Is it fine? I mean, it's all. It's like for an Oreo.
0: Nah. I don't know if it's acceptable for an Oreo. This is not the Oreo standard. I'm upset, and like the coconut pieces are like I'm not feeling that. Like I'm getting them later on now. They're in my teeth right now. They're like you know. I didn't mind those. I'm just not. I'm not a wander here. Hmm. I'm not a wander here. I uh, uh, let's put it like this. Would you eat six of them? Nope. Nope. I would not not even would I eat two of them? No, I'm not eating a second one of these.
1: I'm just, but, I'm just but, not. but like retroactively last week, you wouldn't, you wouldn't eat a second one of those. I might compare it to this. Really? You like that last week's better than this one. Yeah. I, I, I just
0: really can't get down with the, with, with this at all. Um, huh. I, there's two things that I hate. I hate fake caramel and I hate fake coconut. <laughs> I hate both of those things. This is very fake tasting. I. Those are the two things <laughs> that you hate <laughs> right th- now. Right now. I, I hate fake caramel tasting things. You ever go. Listen, I, I'm going to get some girls help on this one right here. Oh. I say girls because it's a little feminine. But you ever go to a coffee shop and you get a caramel latte and the caramel tastes All fake? The time. Yeah, I know you would never do that. That's what this tastes like to me. And I just, I will have no part of it. No. Oh.
1: It's it's an impardonable sin. <laughs> well, I don't feel that strongly about it. I to say. No, I think that it's I think that it's a tiny bit better for me than uh, than last week's. Last week's was just so strong, it was crazy. Uh, I think that this is a little bit less strong and less mapley <laughs> and, I, and I and I kind of I kind of dig the coconut. I'll say it, I said it. Is it better than an actual Oreo? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: It not. is not. Wow. Maybe I, one day. I have a rating for this, and, and I know you do too, and, yep. uh, and I do think we're going to have some difference in, in, in opinion here. I think uh, yours is going
1: to be shockingly low. Go, go. Four and a half. Last week I gave that one a four. This is maybe just a little bit better, so I'm giving it a four and a half. I'll put it like this. I it, can't believe that you hate it that much. It's worse
0: than last week's. It's not like atrociously worse than last week's. But I think that almost speaks to how bad last week's last last week's, week's one, was more bad. than more than how good this one is, uh or more than how good last week's was. Um, but uh honestly, it's like a two point five for me. Mm. I really can't stand this. Like the more that it sits in my mouth and just like permeates my taste buds, I cannot stand this.
1: Fair enough. I mean, I'm not gonna like get upset. You know, I gave it a four and a half. It's not good. Let's put it this way. I I would love to see an Oreo beat this
0: in like being bad. Oh, what is gonna? What Oreo is going to be any worse than this? I don't really know find one at 203
1: we might find uh, all right the blueberry one was pretty the blueberry bad blueberry one was terrible I think yeah we, that was I think, worse than. This i think we one. actually gave that like a zero yeah no that was worse than that so. one
0: yeah we're gonna go to 203 exotics at some point in our lives uh, and, and we'll do that but there. um but <laughs> thanks for joining me yeah. ben uh as usual um yeah thanks for joining us for rate that oreo all right let's get into uh this teaching today i want to talk to you today about fruit and character and faith and power fruit and character and faith and power Or, um, you you know, here's why I want to talk about this. I've noticed a tension within the body of Christ of these two things where we see one group promoting emphasis on faith and power and one group really promoting emphasis on fruit and character. And, And what I mean by that is by faith and power... I mean, focusing on the power of God, miracles, signs, wonders, gifts of the spirit, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, uh, you know, you know, seeing people, uh, saved and radically changed by the power of God. I, I see some people putting a heavy emphasis on that and as we should because that's in the Bible. But I also see another side that focuses on fruit and character, things such as the fruit of the spirit, you know, being, you know, a person of God, you know, uh seeking after God's heart, you know, being someone that is an honorable individual uh in, in their behavior towards others and their behavior in their lives and focusing on living a, a, a godly life. And I, I see uh, almost like these two sides that focus on one of those two things, whether it be faith and power or fruit and character, but they can't focus on both for some reason. It's one or the other. We have, you have to be about faith and power and you can't be about fruit and character. Or you have to be about fruit and character and you can't be about faith and power. It's as if there is no marriage of these two concepts. But what I believe that the Bible teaches and I'm going to prove it to you in the scripture today, is that we need a marriage of these two concepts. We need a marriage of these two concepts because what has ended up happening is that people that focus on the power of God and faith, that they have unfortunately come to a point where they have terrible character, where they insult people. You know, say mean things to people, uh, you know, on social media or, you know, they'll say mean things about people from the pulpit. They handle people harshly instead of with the kindness of God. They, you know, assault in, assault, insult people's appearances and such. And that's not the character of God that we should have. But on the flip, I see this fruit and character that they focus so much on fruit and character that they don't operate in any power that can actually see somebody's life changed. And so we have these two sides, but what I'm, but what I'm intending to do with this podcast today is marry these two ideas. That we need to have faith and power and we need to have fruit and character. That it's not an either or thing. Go to Acts chapter 6 verse 8. Acts chapter 6 verse 8. This is something that has really bothered me, because I, I see ministers that are flowing in the power of God, but they they, they are not implementing the character of God. But I also see other ministers that are excellent with character but there is no power that can change somebody's life but I believe that God is looking for uh, people that are willing to do both in this final hour of time A man of God that I greatly respect that I believe flows in these things excellently is a man of God named uh, Evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth Uh, He is a man of faith and power certainly but he is also a man of great character uh, and uh, great fruit of the spirit as well and so he's someone that I greatly respect in that area. But in Acts chapter six, verse eight, it says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power performed amazing miracles and signs among the, pyra- uh, the people. I was about to say pyramid. I don't know why, but a man uh, of great grace and power, great grace and power. My prayer today is that we would develop people of great grace and power, grace and power. And so, We need both, and I'm going to first focus on faith and power, and then I'm going to focus on fruit and character. I don't exactly have points today. I more just have these two concepts I want to talk about, so let's talk about faith and power first. There, when, as a Christian, and not just as a minister, but as a Christian, you need to carry something. That can actually change people's lives, and the reality is, is I shouldn't say you need to carry something. You you have something. You have the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. You need to, uh, as a Christian, use the power in which that God has bestowed on the uh, in you and through you. You you need to uh, be able to go and to be able to carry the power of God to places and see people's lives changed for eternity. You need to be able to carry an ability as a Christian to be able to, uh, you know, if somebody is sick, be able to lay hands on them, see them recover. Uh, if somebody is uh, depressed, to be able to have a power in God on the inside of you. You could say, I have the power of God to be able to affect change in this individual's life. You need to have faith and power. And the you can go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and we can go to our first text that I want to read to you guys right now. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that supports this idea that as Christians we need to operate in faith and power. I actually talked to my youth leadership about this, uh, last week, but I felt to do it on here as well because I know that there's some, uh, some uh, people that are in Bible college that uh, listen to this podcast, and I think that it would help them. But I also think that it will help any students or anybody else that's watching this. Uh, if you're lacking in one of these areas, uh, understand that today, uh, you can get a grasp and understanding from God's word on how you can flow in both of these areas. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and says, "'It is impossible to please God without faith.'" It is impossible to please God without faith. So clearly, as people of God, we need to have faith. We need to have faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is, let's read it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Uh A better translation is is really the New King James Version. I'm going to read it to you from there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I mean of this specific text, it's a better translation. It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not uh, seen. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's you're believing God for something, although that you cannot see it. It is believing God that his word is true, even when you cannot see it. It's believing that Jesus Christ, uh, faith, believing Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, although you did not see Jesus Christ uh, die on the cross and rise from the dead. Faith is believing what you cannot see, what you cannot see. And so it is impossible to please God without faith. And we need faith to be able to be a person of God. It is necessary to flow in faith and power. Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We're going to begin in verse 21. (coughs) It says... Peter remembered, oh, actually, I need to give you context if I'm going to read this. Jesus saw a fig tree and Jesus looked at the fig tree and it didn't have any fruit on it. It didn't have any fruit on it. And so Jesus cursed the fig tree and said, may you wither up and die. And they come by the fig tree the next day and the fig tree had withered up and died, just as Jesus said. And so here's what happens, verse 21. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day. Well, okay, that's what exactly what I was just talking about. What did Jesus say that, uh, the previous day? He told the fig tree to wither up and die. Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith, In God, I tell you the truth. You could say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So this text right here, and this is actually something interesting that I learned recently Not everybody holds this interpretation and I I say this in humility that this is uh, my interpretation of this scripture and how I understand this text. Uh, But I I don't think I think people often will say, you know, well, this text, you know, shows that we need uh, to bear fruit in season and out of season. And that's why Jesus was upset with the fig tree that it didn't produce any fruit, is that we need to bear fruit in season and out of season. I would argue that the context more suggests that Jesus is saying that our faith can let us have it the way that we want it. Our faith can let us have it the way that we want it. I'll show you why I believe this from the text. Because what does Jesus say? He says here in the, te- in the text, when, uh, Jesus, when, uh, Peter says, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Here's what Jesus teaches the disciple. He doesn't teach them the lesson. Well, yes, the fig tree withered up and died and it withered up and died because it didn't produce fruit the way that I wanted to. Jesus doesn't say that. What he says is, have faith in God. There it is. There's that word faith. There's God wanting us, desiring us to have faith in him for things and then it says i tell you the truth you can say to this mountain may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen but you must really believe in your heart it will happen and have no doubt oh i'm sorry you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart i tell you you could pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it it will be yours there it is you can pray for anything and if you believe that you have received it then it will be yours I believe that Jesus is saying that as your faith is, you can have it. As your faith is, you can have it. Now, of course, this is according to the word of God. Jesus is not certainly not suggesting that you can have faith for sinful things and believe for those things. Um, but Jesus is saying that you can believe me for anything, obviously outside of sinful things. Again, you can believe me for anything. You can have faith in me and you can have it according to your faith that it be so. Jesus said, and actually I'm blanking on the text right now, but Jesus said to someone, they came to him, and I'm trying to think of the story right now, but he said, uh, he said, as your faith is, so be it. As your faith is, so be it. And you can look up that text if, if you want to see it. Actually, it's bothering me. I want to look it up. As your faith is, so be it unto you. There it is. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Ah, he's, I believe that this is the text where Jesus is talking to the blind men, uh, to the blind beggars. And I'm going to turn there right now, actually. I want, to, I want to read this to you because I think this will help you understand what I'm talking about right now. Matthew chapter nine. Yes, it's the blind beggars. Matthew chapter nine. Jesus... Is uh is walking through a town, these blind beggars begin to shout to Jesus, and they begin to call, Rabbi, Rabbi, and they begin to call out for Jesus. They begin to call him out, and the crowd tries to silence them. But they only shout all the louder. The, uh, these uh, uh blind beggars and who are following Jesus. And uh finally Jesus turns to them and asks them what they want. And I'm gonna read you the text right now. And says, after Jesus left the girls' home, two blind men following along behind him, shouting, son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus said to them, do you believe, (coughs) excuse me, that coconut is killing me. My goodness, that coconut from that Oreo is killing me right now. And I actually, I actually, I'm confusing my stories right now. Sorry about that. I'm confusing my story. These are about the two blind men that follow Jesus. But it says, they went right into the house where he was staying and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Look at what it says. Because of your faith, it will happen. Or, you know, as the it says in the New King James, as your faith is, so be done unto you. But, Notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, you know, well, you know, uh, you know, because, uh, because, you know, uh, you, you desperately, you know, asked me or whatever. He says, because that's what your faith is, what, what is their faith in? Their faith is in Jesus. Because your faith is in me to be able to do this, because your faith is so, it can be done unto you. As your faith is, so it will happen. And so as Christians, we can see from these texts that I'm referring to and that I'm reading that Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus wants us to have faith, that as a Christian, we need to walk in faith. We need to walk in faith. In fact, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So as Christians... To say that we don't need faith and power, to not put an emphasis on faith and power is a mistake because clearly Jesus wanted us to operate in faith and power. And that's something important that you could take away today is that through this lesson of the fig tree, we can realize that we can have whatever we say according to our faith, that we can have what we believe God for because uh, as our faith is, so be it done unto us. I love that Jesus says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. You can ask God for anything. You can have faith for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. It will be yours. Have faith in God. There is a faith that a component that is necessary in following Jesus. If we want to operate the the way that God fully intended us to operate, Uh, go to uh, Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16. That's the faith component of it. But now let's talk about the power component of it. The power component. So as we can see here, so far I've proven from the scripture that faith is an essential in following Jesus. That faith is something that that, that we need in following Jesus and is something that we should focus on as Christians and that we should operate in. Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 15. It says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Okay, so what I'm about to read should accompany everybody that is a follower of Jesus, everyone that believes. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So Jesus makes this uh, distinction here. He says, if you follow me, these signs will follow you. Anybody that believes in me, these signs will follow you. And he talks about all these signs, casting out demons in my name, speaking in new tongues, laying hands on the sick and seeing people recover. So as a follower of Jesus, we could see here that there is a power component, that we carry a power in God to be able to go and lay our hands on the sick and see them healed, to be able to go and to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. There is a power component to Christianity. So we need to operate in faith and power as Christians. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to what? Be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so there is a power in God. There is a power in the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that gives us the ability to flow in faith and power as Christians we see Jesus in Mark chapter five displaying to us what type of power this is. Here's the type of power that you can flow in as a child of God and as a Christian, Mark chapter five. Child in, of God and Christian are the same thing. I don't know why I said child, child of God and a Christian. I just used two different words to describe it, but it's the same thing. Actually, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something on that real quick. Not everybody who is created by God is a child of God. That is an important thing to distinguish. Everybody is a creation of God, but until you repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are not a child of God. Anyway, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter (coughs) 5. We're going to see what type of power we can operate in. And here's why we're going to be able to operate in this type of power. Because Jesus told us, greater works we shall do. The same works I do, you will also do, but also greater works you will do. He says so in John. But, so Jesus, the type of power that we can operate in as Christians, Mark chapter 5. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of, uh, of the uh, Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tomb to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So, okay. So Jesus then arrives on the scene and it says, Jesus, while Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him with a shriek. He screamed, why are you interfering with me? Jesus, son of the most high in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me for Jesus had already said to to the spirit, come out of the man in the name of Jesus or come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirit begged him again and again to not send him into some distant place. And basically, the, demon go, the demons go on to beg Jesus to be cast into a herd of pigs. And so Jesus permits them to, be, to go into the herd of pigs and leave the man. What happened? There was a power that Jesus was carrying to be able to say to that demonic spirit that to come out. And you you know what I think is amazing? What I think is amazing here in this story is that the demon came and found Jesus. That the power, that literally the demon came and ran towards Jesus because the demon understood the power that Jesus was carrying. Jesus carried power to be able to cast a demon out of somebody. You should be able to carry a power as a Christian. I shouldn't say you should be able to. You do carry a power as a Christian. It's our job to operate in that power. But you, as a Christian, carry a power in God to be able to go and cast out demons. When your friend says, you know, I'm cutting myself, I'm harming myself, just like in this story, and I'm not saying that everybody that cuts themselves is uh, demonically possessed or everybody that's depressed is demonically possessed, but there is a spiritual work behind that thing. Doesn't mean that they're possessed. They could be oppressed. But at the same, uh, but what my, what my point is that I'm trying to get at is that you, as a Christian, you carry a power to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, I command this to be so. You could say that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, depression, come off of this person now. You can say that and you carry a power in God to be able to see that thing happen. You carry a power in God that if somebody is possessed by a demon, that you can cast that thing out. You don't have to have any fear of demons. You don't have to be afraid that they might hurt you or harm you. But you have a power in God to be able to do that. So there is a power component to Christianity. If you read the entire text in chapter of Mark 5, you can see that Jesus uh, raises someone from the dead, that Jesus uh, heals this woman with an issue of blood. There is a power as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, there is a power in God to be able to do things, to be able to see things happen. There is power. We need to, to concentrate on faith and power. We need to teach faith and power. But here is where the shoe drops with this. Obviously, you can hear that I believe in faith and power. I believe that we should operate in faith and power. I believe that these signs shall follow us that believe. I believe in laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I believe that there is a power in God that can break things off of people. I believe in all that stuff. But faith and power does not give us an excuse to have bad character. Faith and power, just because someone flows in the faith and power of God in their life does not give somebody an excuse to have bad character. What does 1 Samuel 16, 7 say? It says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Can I say this? That God, although we may do many great things for him, lay hands on the sick and see them uh, see people recover, all that stuff. God's number one goal is that our heart be pure and right before him. Hear me on that. God's number one goal in our lives, what he wants to see is men come to repentance and their heart be pure and right before him. God is more concerned with our heart and the purity of our heart. So, People can flow in the power of God, flow in faith, all that type of stuff as they should as Christians. But we cannot get to a point where we flow so much in the uh, faith and power of God that we get puffed up with pride, thinking that we're doing this on our own, thinking that, you know, well, you know, my character doesn't really matter because, you know, I'm flowing in faith and power, brother. We should never get to that point where our character does not matter. Faith and power is important, but fruit and character is as well. A lack of fruit and character is why Saul had his kingdom taken away from him. In 1 Samuel 15, God takes the kingdom from Saul, takes the kingdom. The prophet Samuel says that the kingdom will be taken from him. And here's the new king that God desired. 1 Samuel sixteen 14. 1 Samuel 16, 14. <coughs> God desires this new king that won't be like Saul but will be like this first samuel chapter 16 verse 14 oh i'm sorry i skipped the text actually i skipped the text we're going to go there in a second first samuel 13, 14. 1 Samuel 13, 14. It says this. But now your kingdom must end for the Lord has sought a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So what happened here? Saul or Samuel informs Saul. He says that the kingdom is going to be taken from you. And he tells him this, and he says, in contrast, he says to you, God has sought a man after his own heart. See, Saul was anointed by God to be king. We can go back and and we can see that in the book of 1 Samuel, that Saul was anointed to be king. But just because he was anointed king, did not mean that God said, oh, well, he's anointed king. I've anointed him king, so I don't really care about his fruit and character anymore. He said, no, I care about his heart. And that's why he decided to say, hey, I'm done with this guy. I desire a man that's after my own heart. God is worried about our heart. We must make sure that we have clean hands and a pure heart before the Lord. I preached a sermon on this recently, but what it says, who can ascend to the Mount of the Lord? The Bible says the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. It starts with having a pure heart. I preached on this, but, and this is just a quick note, but it is possible to have uh, clean hands and an impure heart. What that basically means is that your heart is not pure. Your heart is not pure, but you, and you, but you haven't done anything with your actions yet. But, and, but your heart is not pure, but you haven't done anything yet with your actions. But after a little bit of time, eventually, your hands are going to be dirty as well. We need to have a pure heart before God because when our heart is pure, our hands will be clean as well. Our actions will be clean as well. Because the Bible says, the Bible, the Bible is very clear that everything comes from the heart. It says to guard your heart above all else because out of it will flow the issues of life. I encourage you, go back and listen to that sermon if you're if you're curious to hear teaching on that. I think it was two weeks ago that, that, that I preached on that. Actually, no, I think it was about a month ago, four weeks ago that I preached on that. But what I'm getting at here is that God desires people that are after his heart, that are like, I want to have the heart of God. I want to share in the heart of God. I want to have good fruit and character. Good fruit and character. There's only so long that God will let somebody go living recklessly and operating in faith and power. I've seen many ministers. I've heard about many ministers that they operate in the faith and power of God. They see people healed. They see miracles, signs and wonders. And then eventually over a period of time, the stuff that they've been doing behind closed doors, their lack of fruit and character gets brought to the light and God takes them out. They're out of ministry, they're done. Now, some people, they come back, they get restored. Some people never come back. As we, we see this in the Bible in 1 Samuel, this is where I want to read 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. And this is something that you'll see my point in this. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. It says, now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul. The spirit of the Lord had left Saul. The spirit of the Lord literally came off of Saul, that anointing that he had. Listen to this. The kingdom had already been taken from Saul, but the anointing was still there. We see that because it was a couple chapters ago that, 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 uh, Samuel had pronounced that the kingdom was going to be taken from him. But eventually it got to a point that God literally took his spirit from Saul. He was done with him. He's like, I'm done with this guy. It goes to show us that we actually can operate in faith and power that we can, ha- that we could be doing stuff for God, but yet our character can stink. And if we do not get that straightened out, there will come a point in time where God will go, like that. Say, I'm done. I wash my hands of this. I'm, I'm, done, I'm done with this right here. This is a bunch of nonsense. God has grace after grace. Absolutely, there is so much grace that is for us. But there will come a point that we're, when our fruit and character stinks so bad that God goes, okay, I'm done with this right here. Just like he did with Saul right here and this text. And so God appointed David, who was a man after God's own heart. Did, did David never make any mistakes? No, actually, David did make mistakes. But David, he had fruit and character. He was anointed by God. He was a man of faith, man of faith and power. But David was not perfect, no. He had fruit and character though. So when he sinned, he immediately confessed it before uh, the Lord and and repented for it. Fruit and character, fruit and character. We can't have one without the other. I mean, I guess theoretically you can have one without the other, but that's not God's desire for for his children is to flow in faith and power, but lack fruit and character. Or to flow flow in fruit and character and lack power. And I'll get to that in a second. But the Bible's very clear. Galatians 5, through 23. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The Bible tells us that the fruit, what we will produce when we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is a fruit that we should actually produce as Christians, where we're loving towards people, where we're kind, where we're patient, when we're gentle. There should be fruits of the Spirit that are produced in our lives. God's desire is for his children to produce fruit. Go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Look at what Jesus says in regard to this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to just operate in faith and power and not worry about your character or not b- worry about producing fruit of the Spirit. Jesus says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. As a Christian, if you're remaining in God, if you're abiding in God, if you're living with, if you're like walking with Jesus, fruit production will come naturally, will come naturally. And so fruit is something that God desires for all of his children to produce. In fact, if we're not producing fruit, I would question our walk with Jesus. Fruit is something that is necessary, that should follow the life of a Christian. We cannot, again, I'll say, if I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. We cannot be so focused on faith and power that we forget about operating in fruit and character. As a Christian, there is good godly character and conduct that is expected of Christians. That is expected of Christians. Go to Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. What's the type of person that God wants? Right here. I've already read it to you, but I'm going to read it again. It says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found uh, David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's the person that God is looking for. A person that will be after God's own heart, that is willing to do whatever God wants them to do. Whatever God wants them to do. God, I'm here. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. And I'm here to tell you today that, that, that the Bible wants us to produce fruit and to have godly character. And the Bible also wants us to have faith and power. To walk in, walk by faith, not by sight. To operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. This is probably the scariest verse in the entire Bible. Go to Matthew chapter seven. This is probably the scariest verse in the entire Bible. And this is why fruit production, this is why character is so important. Walking with God, not being so focused on faith and power that we forget about our relationship with God and walking close to him. Ready? Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's law. Mm. That's a sobering thought that we can do all these things for God. We could see people get healed. We could see people get touched by the power of God. But if we practice lawlessness, if we don't remember fruit and character, we could get before the Lord on the day of judgment and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who practice lawlessness. God is one of the only bosses that will fire you, but still let you keep working for him. Say, I'm done with this person but he'll let you keep doing work for him. He fired Saul, but he let Saul keep working for him. And then there came a point where God said, I'm done completely, took his spirit right off of him. I pray in my life that in my life would never get to a point ever where God has fired me. He's still letting me work for him. And then it gets to a point where God says, I'm done. And that faith and power component, that goes too. I'm telling you, this thing is real. God wants ministers. God wants people. Because not just ministers, but he does want ministers. And if you're someone that feels called to ministry, receive this right now. But especially, God wants Christians just in general to be flowing in faith and power and fruit and character. I'll end here. Fruit and character is necessary. And I think that I've really harped on the fruit and character uh, pretty strongly in contrast to faith and power. But don't miss this. Fruit and character is necessary. However, this does not mean that we should be weak people of God. We should still carry. We should still flow in the power of God in our lives. We should still be laying hands on the sick. We would, shouldn't it be so focused on fruit and character that we we have no power in our lives. That we're that we're not even operating in the power that is available to us. I see many people. They constantly preach on fruit and character, and there's a lot of good people that sit under their leadership. They're they're godly people. They have great character, but they're all depressed. They have anxiety. They're all sick because they don't they don't carry, or not, I shouldn't say don't carry, they don't flow in the power of God the way that they ought to and that's been made uh, available for them. So there's still a power in God that we need to tap into even when we're flowing in fruit and character. This is so important for us to understand as Christians that we should flow in faith and power, but we should also operate in fruit and character. Fruit and character, both are necessary. We cannot have one without the other. We cannot be such people of faith and power that we neglect fruit and character. We cannot be such people of fruit and character that we neglect faith and power. Both are necessary. God is looking for a complete church, a complete body that is flowing in every way that he wants us to. And so I believe in these last days that God is marrying these two ideas and that God is raising up Christians. God is raising up ministers that want to flow in faith and power and fruit and character. I hope that this blessed you today. Uh, I want to pray for you right now that God would help you be someone of faith and power, that God would help you flow in his power, walk by faith, but also operate in fruit and character. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody that's watching right now. Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord, operate in faith and power the way that you want us to, that we would walk by faith and not by sight, that, Father, that we would uh, flow in your power, Father, that we would see miracles, signs, and wonders take place in our life, Lord, just like your word says that they should. Father, I pray that we'd also operate in fruit and character in our lives, Lord. Help us be people that produce the fruit of your spirit as we walk with you and that have godly character. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, I hope that this blessed you. I hope that you received something from this. God wants us to be people of faith and power and fruit and character. God bless you guys. And uh, hopefully I will see you back next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged
0: by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.